Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to look at the film from the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. This past Sunday, the Jets getting the win 40 to 17. And to break down the film, the man who does all the all 22 breakdowns for us over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. The Thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? You know what, Scott? The Jets keep winning. I'm doing well. I'm feeling good. It's easy to get up out of bed and make content in the morning when the Jets are playing at the level they are. So at the moment, no complaints. Without a doubt. And the guy who made your job the most fun this week, I would imagine, is Brees Hall. Catching the ball, running the ball. This was one of the most exciting performances a young Jets skill position player has had in a really long time. Tell me what you saw on the film. There's a lot to like at first glance. I would imagine there's even more to like when you're really breaking down the All-22. Yeah, I think the thing that stood out the most when you watched the TV game and watched it live was Brees Hall in the passing game. You saw, obviously, the 79-yard catch he had on that wheel route. It was a concept I talked about the day before on the YouTube channel about the Jets in those uh, twin-back shotgun looks uh, where they had Michael Carter and Brees Hall 
either side of Zach Wilson. They had the heavy uh, RPO fake. They hit him. And just the way he makes people miss in space, the way he split those two defenders, dragged a guy 15 yards and was brought down just short of the goal line, inches short. Um, He had the contorted body catch to the right-hand flat in the fourth quarter that set up the second Michael Carter touchdown. All that stuff was so easy and obvious to see. But the thing that excited me the most watching back the Brees Hall tape were two things that Robert Sulla uh, had really referenced um, when he talked about it in press conferences earlier in the season. And that's that Brees Hall was so much more decisive and his ability to get north-south quicker and cut, hit that hole, and it's perfect for the outside zone system. That was the best it's been for sure. The way he finished um, uh, finished uh, running behind his pads and then he, his wiggle in space. Everyone associates that with Michael Carter, the ability to make people miss. But what Brees Hall has is speed that's, you know, 4-4 four, four speed. I think we run a 4-3-9 at the com- combine. He gets on you quickly. So he takes that angle away that the second level player thinks they have on the defense. And then he's able to break the arm tackle because he's also extremely strong. And he has that lower body strength that a Michael Carter doesn't have. So all in all, he was just phenomenal. His vision in the hole was extremely impressive to me. But yeah, it was the decisiveness. It was the understanding of there's the hole. Don't bounce around. Don't wait. Don't be too patient in that Le'Veon Bell style. See it, hit it, and go and get the yards that are there. And I thought he was extremely dynamic. He's a big play waiting to happen. And it was easily his best game as a professional. I mean, what's the last time that a Jets rookie has had 197 yards from scrimmage? It was an incredible day for him. And he really carried the Jets offense as a whole. Luke, you broke down Brees Hall's performance in all 22 form on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. And you also broke down Zach Wilson's performance. Now, not as flashy as his game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he made those phenomenal plays in those last two drives to catapult the Jets to that come from behind victory. This week, it was more of a steady performance, game manager, take what the defense gives you. Don't make the big mistakes. Step up and make throws when you have to. That is the Seattle Russell Wilson year one, year two formula. That's what the Jets have wanted to do with him to help build him up and develop him. And we saw another step in the right direction in that regard on Sunday against the Dolphins. Again, not as flashy as that game against the Steelers the week before. Certainly not as flashy as a game like Tennessee, his rookie year. But this is what you want to see in terms of his development. Very positive. It's funny you mentioned the Tennessee game, Scott, because I was going to lead with it was like the anti-Tennessee game where everything was flash and was down the field and some of his in-structure stuff was struggling. This was Zach Wilson in a clean pocket, making great decisions, getting rid of the ball and again being decisive. In the film breakdown, I kind of touched on three things, but the two I really want to focus on because they were a huge area of improvements. At BYU, Zach Wilson was fantastic throwing outside the numbers. That is what he dominated doing, throwing the speed outs and the deep corners and all that kind of thing. He showed off the arm strength. That's why he got drafted number two. In the NFL, though, he's really won a lot the last eight or nine games he's played since kind of the Eagles game midway through uh, last season. He's won on in-breaking routes, these deep digs over the middle, um, dagger concepts, moving zone defenders with his eyes and then hitting it through the middle. This week, we saw a lot of these deep outs to Corey Davis, to Elijah Moore, and him being more accurate outside the numbers. When he's thrown right, I think he's really struggled. He loses his alignment, his foot placement can be in the wrong direction, and he's often leaving the ball inside. We finally saw improvements in that area. That was so pleasing to me. And then the other thing, Scott, you mentioned Russell Wilson, right? 
last, I think it was Thursday night when he played on the primetime game and he had that that uh, missed read in the red zone that really cost him. He had KJ Hamler wide open. The best thing that Zach Wilson did was make the right decisions against man coverage. There were three fantastic examples on third down where the Dolphins were running a pressure and man coverage, and Zach Wilson knew where to go with the ball and the concept pre-snap every single time. There was one coming off their own uh, tight red zone, so that they need to get some territory. They're going to punt if he doesn't get it, and he understands that it's this little rub route between Corey Davis and uh, Jeff Smith. And he hits him on the money. They move the sticks. Another one with a whip route to the slot uh, to uh, uh, Garrett Wilson. Fantastic location, pre-snap identification. That's what excited me most about Zach. Understanding this is where I need to go based on the coverage, what I'm seeing and the tendencies of the defense. And then the last thing I touched on was the explosive playability is still there and that magic outside of uh, structure. We didn't see it a ton. But there were, there were glimpses for me. I looked at the touchdown, uh, the third and five, the ability to break the pocket because there's eight guys in coverage. Go and make a play because you're that kind of athlete. He had 10 rushing touchdowns his last year at BYU. And then there was the, I guess you could call a miss pass interference, where he scrambled uh, on a bootleg, made a defensive end missed, and passed at 55 yards down the field to Tyler Conklin and hit the defender straight on the helmet. That was a beautiful ball. And he gave his guy an opportunity to make a play. Those little flashes are still there. They're going to become more frequent. But yeah, Zach in the pocket. Zach was calm. Zach was clean. And his decision-making was the best we've seen in quite a long time. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Zach Wilson, this coming week against the Green Bay Packers, has a player projection over on the Daily Fantasy matchup at prizepicks.com of 219.5 yards, which is interesting because in this previous game against the Miami Dolphins, 
He threw for 210 yards, although a lot of that was those passes to Brees Hall, which didn't have a ton of air yards. Brees Hall did a lot of the work. The week before that against the Steelers, it was 252 yards. So this is sort of in between those two. If you think Zach Wilson is going to throw for over 220 yards, I think there's a good chance of it, especially with this Packers defense that's pretty weak. Go over to prizepicks.com and use Zach Wilson as one of your player picks. You pick two to five players, and if they go over or under their player projections, depending on which way you decide to go in your picks, you can win up to 10 times the amount of money that you put in. You can do football, pro, college, you can do baseball, you can do basketball, you can do hockey, whatever it is you want, they've got it over at prizepicks.com. You don't play against anybody else, just against the player projections. It's very easy. You go to prizepicks.com, enter the promo code PLAJ, and you can get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. If you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And Luke, we talked about Zach Wilson, we talked about Brees Hall. Let's talk about the players that protected those two players on passing downs and help to open up holes for Brees Hall in the run game. One thing that we noticed with Brees Hall was a lot of patience and how sometimes there weren't holes, but he found a way around that and made plays happen anyway. That's sort of reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell in the Steelers' years, what you thought Le'Veon Bell would bring to the table here with the Jets. The offensive line took a while to gel in this game. There were times where they weren't getting much push in the run game. There were times where they were having a lot of trouble protecting Zach Wilson, but as the game wore on, they got stronger. I absolutely do think that for whatever their weaknesses were, those were the best five guys the Jets have available right now out there on the field. So I applaud the creativity of finding a way to get both Nate Herbig and Elijah Vera Tucker on the field at the same time. Talk to me about what you saw when you looked at the All-22 of the offensive line. I think you hit the nail on the head. It was the first quarter and a half during the game, I was pulling my hair out. The Jets couldn't block three in the red zone. Um, their inability to get push and movement in the run game was telling. Brees Hall was running his head into a brick wall every single time. And then midway through the second quarter, something just changed, especially when the Jets were running left. There were three consecutive runs where they ripped off three nice plays in a row. Dwayne Brown, in his first game back from that rotator cuff injury, started to get some movement and it started to, they started to get cooking. And the unit played really well after that. Zach Wilson was only hit three times total um, on dropbacks, which is the best the Jets have done this year protecting the passer. We have to talk about Elijah Vera Tucker, though, right? I mean, playing right tackle for the first time, not just you know, as an NFL player, but in his career. He has never lined up at right tackle before in his life. And he goes out and gives away zero hurries, zero hits, zero sacks. That equals zero pressures. That's a phenomenal effort from a guy who's been probably the best, the Jets' best uh, offensive player this year. So credit to him. As you said, credit to the staff. I'm pretty hard on Salah, but for him and and for Mike LaFleur to, to have that creativity to get the best five on the field, that was a big call. They made the right decision and it went really well for the Jets. And on tape, the thing that really stood out about Elijah Vera Tucker that I didn't notice at first was some of the movement he was getting. Even though the Jets were winning going left, some of the best plays and biggest plays in the game came running behind Elijah Vera Tucker. Brees Hall's six-yard touchdown, uh, where there was also a flag on the play for unnecessary roughness, that was Elijah Vera Tucker moving a guy 10 yards left to right along the right. 
along the line of scrimmage, excuse me, just absolutely driving him in this zone look. He was out there on pin pulls. He was just phenomenal. Um, I thought it was probably also Connor McGovern's best game of the season. Herbig was pretty good again. Just a nice effort from all the front five after a really shaky start. If they can have that level of performance every single week, Zach Wilson's going to have a chance because his weapons, even though they didn't necessarily show it in the box score, they're still getting open. They're still playing at a pretty good level. And this Jets offense is a chance to get cooking because the Packers play a really soft zone. And I'm pretty excited to see what they come up with in game planning. Luke, not a ton going on with the pass catchers because, as we said, Zach Wilson threw for 210 yards and 100 of those were to Brees Hall. So not a ton to break down here. Corey Davis did have that one really nice play. It was a 21-yarder, the first pass that Zach Wilson threw in the fourth quarter. What did you see, though, when you looked at the wide receivers and Tyler Conklin? Were they getting open? Are there more potential possibilities for these guys going forward as Zach Wilson becomes more and more comfortable with the offense as the season progresses? It's funny when you talk about the weapons, because if you told me the Jets were going to score 40 points and that Garrett Wilson was going to lead the Jets in receptions, I would have said he was going to have a monster day. He had, what, three catches for 27 yards. It was just the Brees Hall show. And he only had two receptions himself, but he took them for the best part of, you know, he did. It took him for exactly 100 receiving yards. I thought the receivers got open plenty. And Zach Wilson was making good decisions, as we already talked about uh, earlier in the show. But um, the change of direction at the stem of the routes from Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, they had plenty of times they were open. Um, Elijah Moore nearly got his feet down and toe-dragged a ball on the sideline. He got open there. Garrett Wilson won from the slot a couple of times against man coverage. Corey Davis is route running. Something people do not focus on enough with Corey Davis, being this big body, running these in-breaking routes. His work... um, at both the line of scrimmage with his releases and also at the top of the stem and his physicality and his feet. That combo is deadly. Um, the Jets have started using that a lot on their rub routes as well. So it's often Corey Davis running the lead and the in-breaking route because he's so uh, powerful and thick at the line on a scrimmage that he really influences corners in that way and he can create a lot of mess for the defense it's very difficult for the other cornerback to wade through that traffic so i thought Corey davis was really influential his blocking was also very good second or third week i think i feel like i've said that about Corey davis has laid some really nice blocks on the perimeter so he he's having a really nice year he's been very underrated i think he's on pace for a thousand yards so credit to him because he got a pretty hard um rap last year for myself and a lot of jets fans with all the drops that he had so credit to Corey davis and then with Conklin, I don't think he had a target um, in the passing game. It was actually CJ Uzama who was used a little more in 11 personnel. Um, and also in the running game, Uzama played over 50% of snaps because the Jets lived in uh, a little more 12 personnel. Garrett Wilson only played 47%. That's fine. That's going to happen. I'm okay with the Jets being heavier in some of these sets because they have the talent there now. This was a week where they were running the football. They scored three touchdowns in the last quarter and Zach Wilson threw the football three times. That's okay. You can't complain. Jets fans need to put everything in perspective. It was the game for the tight ends and the running backs. I thought Mike LaFleur adjusted really well, but that doesn't mean the receivers aren't playing well and it doesn't mean they're not going to get open next week. Luke, defensively, the Jets rushed for a lot of this game and had a fair amount of success. Quinn Williams absolutely dominated once again. Good game for John Franklin Myers, arguably his best game of the season. Sheldon Rankins played well. Carl Lawson, certainly his best game of the season. Talk a little bit about what you saw on the All-22 from these guys. I thought they were really dynamic. Um, They were physical up front when they were rushing the passer. Uh, Carl Lawson set a franchise record record with seven QB hits. 
Uh, I believe John Franklin Myers had five. Quinn and Williams had six pressures. Those three guys really gave Miami trouble. There were times where they weren't working particularly, sorry, winning particularly quickly. We mentioned this off air, Scott, but for me, it was really the pass coverage that was dictating a lot of what went up, uh, what went on up front. Um, a lot of Carl Lawson's QB hits were kind of slower developing rushes where maybe he was spying the quarterback. Then he went straight through Mike Jacecki's chest and caused the forced fumble and Quinn knocked Tyreek Hill back to Florida and, and that kind of thing. But all in all, Carl Lawson's get off looks better. Bryce Huff chipped in with a couple of pressures. And Quinnen's just going to be Quinnen Williams. I mean, man, I think that's four consecutive games with a sack or a half sack for Quinnen. Um, there was a really cool stat today through both PFF and ESPN uh, with a combination of some of their metrics. Quinnen Williams has one of the most difficult um, seasons so far as when it comes to matchups and double teams, but he's been the third most effective rusher in the NFL behind Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. That's the caliber of player we're talking about here. I think people need to put this into perspective. This kid's a superstar and he's about to get paid a lot of money and they need to be okay with that because it's happening. And Quinnen Williams is that guy. And the guy who was playing next to him and now is playing uh, on the outside, on the strong side, John Franklin Myers, you're right. His best game of the season was very, very disruptive, was powerful. Um, he caused the interception for Sauce Gardner. He got to the arm uh, of Thompson. I think it was Thompson, the quarterback. Can't even remember his name. Uh, but he did a great job. Um, and those three guys really carried the load up front. But yeah, I do think that it was a little bit misleading because the pass coverage is really what allowed them to have such a great day. Linebackers. It was the Quan Alexander show. Just a really strong day. Had a lot of excellent tackles. Showed off his speed again. You could make the case that Quan Alexander has been the best linebacker the Jets have had so far this year. This is another example of why. It was absolutely shocking to me, Scott, that when the Jets got Quan Alexander and he played extremely well in week one, I thought he was easily the Jets' best offensive, sorry, defensive player. That then suddenly we were seeing Quincy Williams on the field all the time in these um, base or sorry, these nickel packages with only two linebackers. When I would say Quan Alexander is much better against the pass and he's also better sideline to sideline and takes a lot better lines to the football and routes to the football. He was just so good again. He was just explosive. Um, I, I look at two or three key plays. Um, one in the red zone where the Dolphins are pinned on the second drive and they look like they want to run inside. They bounce it out. looks like it could be a big run. Quan Alexander is straight there, sniffs it out, end up in a flag on the play. The Jets march them backwards. The fourth and one, Quan Alexander wading through traffic, identifies the little option pitch, and then goes and makes a tackle uh, on Mozart in the backfield. Fantastic play. Extremely dynamic. He nearly had an interception. His zone coverage skills were on display against Miami. It was the best linebacking performance we've seen from the Jets in two or three years. And I mean this with full respect. The Quincy Williams injury is probably the best thing that happened to the second level of this defense because it's allowed Quan to play more. And I, look, Quincy's coming back. We need more depth. That's fantastic. The Quan's played at that caliber the last couple of weeks. It's super exciting. And the Jets need that because I'm worried about the run game and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and those guys are rumbling through us. I feel better on the perimeter because he's there. His sideline to sideline speed erases some of the mistakes that other players are making. But all in all, Quan Alexander was fantastic and he was the standout of the linebackers. As far as the secondary goes, Luke, you've got a video coming on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. Do the Jets have the best cornerback duo in the NFL? You can watch the video when it comes out and decide for yourself. But Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, another good game. They did both get called for pass interference penalties. 
The Sauce Gardener one was a little iffy, but there was contact. That said, Sauce Gardener generally played very, very well, had his first career interception, was able to force a bad decision from Teddy Bridgewater that led to a safety, and of course, Teddy Bridgewater exiting the game. DJ Reed, even though he also got called for a pass interference penalty, for the most part, played a pretty good game. You didn't hear much from LaMarcus Joyner, which is not necessarily a bad thing, because a lot of times when you don't hear from a safety, it means he's doing his job. And Jordan Whitehead, second week in a row, he played much better than he had the first few games where he was getting absolutely torched. Actually a positive contributor in this game. So talk all about what you saw from the secondary when you watched the All-22. You know what? Once again, Scott, I'm here to remind everybody that I come on the podcast to push my agenda, and my agenda is for Michael Carter II. And I thought <laughs> Michael Carter II was fantastic. It, it's ironic. You mentioned the the uh, pass interference the Jets didn't have a flag on cornerbacks in the first four weeks of the season. Michael Carter, Sauce, and also DJ Reed all had a pass interference, but I thought it was possibly their best game as a whole for the three of them. I thought that DJ Reed's pass interference should have been uncatchable out of bounds. I thought Sauce Gardeners was touch and go. He was late and had to make up speed on Tyreek, but again, the quarterback got rewarded for an errant throw. He was never going to make that catch, and Sauce had the positioning. And even Michael Carter's, he got up, he made a play on the ball. Yes, look, I understand he had a bit of a tug on Waddle's jersey at the bottom with that wraparound hand, but I still think he was really nice. So I thought Michael Carter had two amazing pass breakups in the fourth quarter. He was really important, um, and I'm, I'm going to keep talking about him because he doesn't get enough love with Jets fans or nationally. Source had those two big impact plays, another pass breakup where he did a nice job in zone coverage on Mike Jacecki. DJ Reed was consistent. Someone said on Twitter today, and I thought it was a great point, that sometimes when DJ Reed's flying around uh, in the running game, you think it's Jordan Whitehead. The numbers obviously look quite similar. Uh, they're both a similar build. He's that good a tackler, and some of his run fits have been really impressive. So I thought that trio was spectacular again. And look, I know they were playing with a quarterback that didn't have the ability of tour, but they still had to cover Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And yes, the some of the packages and some of the concepts that the Dolphins are running were simplified, but it's still a tough ask. And to hold them to 70 yards is impressive. And it was a great performance from that trio. Joyner and Whitehead, again, it was more in the run game for them. I thought uh, Whitehead had some nice run fits as well. I talked about DJ Reed, but he was physical at the point of attack. He threw his body around and he definitely made some nice plays. So this week's a great opportunity for them. They don't have a lot of skill positions now, uh, players and talent, speaking about the Packers. So they're going to have to influence the game in the running game heavily. It's going to be a test for Source Gardner. Source has been a guy who's struggled to tackle. And I know people think it's not important. And we, you know, we brought him here with the number four pick to, to cover. And that's completely true. I'm with you. But he doesn't like tackling. There was a time where Tyreek Hill ran past him and he didn't just out pace him he didn't really want to tackle him it's a bit of an issue so we're going to see because these are big bodies who can run outside wide zones just like the jets can and these perimeter players are going to get tested so dj reed's going to need his skills michael carter's a great run defender we'll see about source but that's where the test is really going to lie this week for the jets secondary luke anything else you noticed on film that we haven't talked about yet maybe something relating to what went wrong defending raheem mostert and the dolphins running game I think it's funny. I was talking to my friend, David. Um, he was writing an article for the Jet Press and he was talking about some of the the negatives for the Jets. And we both came up with the same two things. And it was the coaching either side of halftime, maybe not the coaching, but it was the performance either side of halftime again, just like Pittsburgh. And it was also um, the run defense. The run defense, they just were getting pushed around. Um, and look, I know I said the defensive line played well, and that was more specifically talking about as pass rushes, but 
Mozart was getting all this space before contact. It's not like he was doing great work after contact. They were just moving people and creating lanes. And that's an issue for the Jets with how aggressively they play the one gap penetrate. There's lots of positives to this wide nine Robert Salah scheme. That's one of the deficiencies and negatives to it. Um, and then either side of halftime, look, I promise you, McDaniel put his team on the field with about a minute 50 before halftime. He ran the ball twice and he thought, just get me to halftime. And somehow the Jets ended up letting up seven on that drive with six seconds left. And then they scored a field goal on the corresponding drive just after halftime. You cannot keep letting bad quarterbacks double dip the chip because the next few weeks, you've got Aaron Rodgers coming to town. You've got Josh Allen in three or four weeks. There's some really big tests coming up. They need to be better in situational football. And that were the two things I noticed on the negative side. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the film from the Jets' Week 5 performance against the Miami Dolphins with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything we've got up on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. What's up there now? What's coming in the next couple of days? And also, what can people find when they go to our store over at tpublic.com? That's teepublic.com. Yeah, the YouTube channel's pumping. There's a couple of great reviews already up on some of the offensive guys we've talked about, Zach Wilson, Brees Hall. We mentioned those videos today in the episode. Uh, we've got ones coming out on the Jets cornerback group. There's a video coming out on Carl Lawson. I might even throw a quick one up looking at Quan Alexander and his sideline to sideline work. And then I'll also um, do a bit of a preview looking at the Packers and what they offer schematically, particularly uh, what to expect from their offense. So it's going to be a fun week. Lots more content ahead. Make sure you subscribe. And then over on T Public, lots of just great designs, different merch that you can get your hands on. Uh, the Zach the Ripper range, the Zach Wilson says go long. I've got quite a few of those shirts. Um, Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers, a couple of the stars from last week, the Bless You Thank You range. Play Like a Jet logo merch, it's all there. It's editable merchandise. You don't just have to buy a standard T-shirt. You can put it on bucket hats, sweatshirts pencil cases, phone, whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you like. We've got Christmas coming up. Make sure you get your hands on some of it. It's the best thing you'll do. Make sure you check out everything on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a Jet. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.